Well, hello everybody. Welcome to episode 150. Yes, it is 150. Welcome to the ENS Wolves Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Judah, and I am delighted to be joined on this very special episode, this momentous episode, by a special guest. Please welcome Tim. No. Rose, no, jo- no, none of them. We've broken the budget. There's only one man that can rescue us in these times of hardship, crisis, and self-isolation. The creator of 28 Days Later. And most importantly, the, vol- the voice of Wolverhampton Wanderers Football Club. Welcome, Mr. Mikey Burrows, baby. Thank Mikey Burrows. You had to say that I was the vole of Wolverhampton Wanderers. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. That's a completely different thing. It's the, vo- the vole and the voice. The vole and the voice. Um, two for one. How, how's it going, baby? Um, yeah, it's weird. Uh, also, probably we should clarify that um, you've only called on me because I'm the only person that lives anywhere near you. Well, people thought people thought that things couldn't get any worse, and yet we're going to give them fifty minutes of absolute drivel. So <laughs> there was only one person to to call on. But yes, you are you are a fellow Dorridge Dorridgeonian. Can we say that Dorridgeonian? Um, we just did. Yeah, we made we made up plenty plenty of different words on this podcast over the years. Um, but yeah, just round the corner. Um, I'd like to say that we are we are not touching. We're in, we're, in, we're in our, is it two metres? You'd like to say we're not. <laughs> well, under the table, I don't know what's going on. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> but uh, it's, um, yes, yeah, so what is what is the distance these days? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's such a weird time at the minute. It's like, uh, I was just out in the supermarket just down the road from York. Mm. And like, I mean, there's nothing on the shelves for a start. Incredible it is. It is. Uh, un- absolutely unbelievable. And... But you know when you're walking past people and you're like, should I be this close to someone? Like, yeah, I'm walking yeah, down yeah, an yeah. aisle. Yeah. Like, should I try and avoid them? Do I hold my breath? Yeah, no, it's weird. Do past them? Do you wait for them to, to pick up their, their fourth the fourth tinned plums and, uh, and and then wait for them to move out the out the area? Well, like going going through the checkout mm. and the checkout woman's putting gloves on. And I thought, oh, that's really nice. Yeah. And she let out a little cough and I was like, mm. oh my God. Mm. What are you doing? I know anyone sneezes or coughs, even a tiny cough, everyone's looking in that direction. How dare you be outside? I mean, I'm not a doctor, clearly. <laughs> cool. I do, clearly. I do, I do Wolves commentary for a living. Uh, if I was a doctor, <laughs> things would go really badly. Um, but like, from from everything you read, and obviously like, we don't know, you can't believe everything you read, but it's like... People what? Saying, you can't? Well, absolutely. Cross and stop. Wow. It's absolutely uh, astonishing. Three and a half minutes in, he's, he's absolutely <laughs> dissing, dissing this product. By, by the way, I can tell you're an avid listener to the uh, the Wolves podcast, uh, the Wolves Poddy, because you called it on our, on our little skit that we did yesterday, the Wolves Pod. There was no D at the end, but it's fine. It's I've fine. listened to... An episode? Uh, two? I've listened to two episodes. Boom. One was the one that me and Looms were on last year. Yes, yes. When we were Self-promoting. Yeah, and I only listened to the bit that we were on to make sure that we didn't say anything bad. And I think I listened to a little bit of one in the build-up to that to find out kind of what it was like. I mean, I don't know about you. Mm. I'm one of No, it is. It is absolute drivel, I know. Well, no, no, no. It's just that, like, I mean, I don't listen to my old Gold Club podcast. Mm. Like, I don't listen to, you know, with all due respect, I I know they're great guys. I know a couple of them personally, and they do a really good thing, but I don't listen to the fan cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know there are other Wolves podcasts out there. I don't listen to them, because in a funny way, Mm. it's work. 
No, yeah, no, no, I, I get it. I very rarely listen to these back. Uh, some of them I do if I'm if I'm really bored and I'm out of podcasts on the way driving back to Hull or Middlesbrough or wherever I need to be. But I do agree that um, sometimes there's a saturation point, isn't there? You know, and you need to you need to stay fresh. And I think sometimes even and maybe subconsciously you might you might take it take a take or a viewpoint from someone and then it might come into what you're thinking with. I don't like to do that. I don't like to see what other people are doing because you like to be you like to be fresh in your own takes, however right or wrong that may be. Yeah, I get I get where you're coming from. It's obviously different for you because you've got to uh, I guess have a certain kind of impartiality, whereas working for the club mm. in the stuff that I do, I'm a, I can kind of distance myself from certain things. I don't have to have an opinion yeah. on certain things. And in most respects, I'm not there to have an opinion. That's what Tomo's there for. Sure. It's kind of changed the, the longer we've gone on because the longer we've gone on, the more we disagree. <laughs> and I don't just let him get away <laughs> no, with it. No, you can't like. let him get away with it all the time. <laughs> but I, I think like there's, there's an element of... Um, I've done 69 commentaries this season. Bloody hell. Across first team, under 23s and under 18s. In the 69, wow. 69. I mean, I was working it out the other day that because it was only kind of thinking like how close am I going to get to three figures? And I think even if we went out of the Europa League at the current stage, yeah. that I think it would be like something like 85. Really? With the under 23s games that are due to happen. Obviously, I don't know whether all this... Yeah, carries on you, might, you, you might finish at 69 this season. We, we just yeah. don't know, really, do we? I mean, 69 is still significantly more than I did last year yeah. um, because we've been doing all the under-23s games this year, Yeah, which has been good in a way because it's given me an opportunity to see the younger players and kind of have much more of a grounding as to who's there and who's mm-hmm. coming through. <clears throat> but it's just meant that it's prep. Yeah. Prep, prep, prep. Yeah. Like... The weekend that obviously we just passed, that everything got shut down, I was looking at two games in two days, potentially more. I've had times where we've had three games in four days. And I know there'll be people out there going, why is he moaning? Because he's got a great job. In fact, there are people who message me and say that they'd happily do my job for free. Yeah, yeah. But it is a lot of effort. A lot of hard work. It's not just the the ninety minutes that they listen to you for. You know, there's a hell of a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes. And actually, I think when we go on into the middle of this podcast, it'd be nice to know uh, basically from start to finish of a day for you or a match what happens before. Maybe you can talk us through when when that prep starts and when your job actually finishes. You can move on to the next game. It'll be be interesting for them to to know that viewpoint. Um, uh, Corona based banter. Is uh, what I've got to cross out here. What have you stock? <laughs> what 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 have you stockpiled? What is in your fridge now? Um, I saw you at eight o'clock this morning uh, with with twenty five boxes of loo rolls coming out of Sainsbury's. You're that guy. Uh, what else have you got in in uh, in, in the Burroughs the Burroughs house? Do you know what? Like genuinely, I didn't stockpile any any bog roll. <laughs> and my dad, my dad, I sent my dad a message the other day, kind of saying like, look, you know, because he doesn't live up here anymore. He's moved down further south. Yeah. So, like, um, I was like, you know, is there anything around by you, like hand gels and soaps? Because mm-hmm. there seems to be none of that in the shops. Yeah. And he sent me a message the other day. <laughs> and he said he'd left some stuff at his house that, that I could go and pick up. Yeah. And what he'd left me was cool. six, 16 toilet rolls. Wow. Perfect. And some micellar water. What? Like, apparently, it's to help makeup removing. Oh, fantastic news. 
Oh, I could do with some of that. Well, I mean, I'm happy to lend it to you. Yeah. He's all, he also got me two packs of makeup removing wipes, so I don't know what he thinks of me. <laughs> you're not on camera, you're behind camera, you're on the microphone, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? But like, so that's kind of what I've got. The biggest thing I stopped part of the day, everybody <laughs> was going obviously for like, Food stuffs yeah. and all the things. Yeah, I spotted. Go on. The um, Pringles were on offer. Oh, mate! Honestly, if they'd have brought in that two-item limit before I'd have gone to the supermarket, you'd have been in trouble. I'd have been screwed. <laughs> what did you get? Sour cream and onion for me? No, no, no. What? Four cocktail. Oh, and mate. Texas barbecue. Man, I don't chip. mind Texas barbecue. Very, is very good. Alana's, Alana's definitely prefer. I've never had prawn cocktail before. Prawn cocktail, honestly. Really. Really, really nice. I've genuinely got a shelf at home full of prawn cocktail and Texas barbecue. I reckon I could survive a good three months <laughs> on, on Pringles alone. Do you, can you quite easily finish off a box or a tin, whatever you call it, a cylinder? I can. Easily? Um, no, no, no. You, you, Pringles are brilliant. I don't know, I mean, I don't know if you're sponsored by Pringles, but we can get some kind of sponsorship. I mean, if we can do that, it'd be fantastic, and we'll take whatever sponsor we can get, to be yeah, honest. In these times, if they want to send me some Pringles, yeah, that'd be tremendous. Exactly, yeah. I ain't got any work for two months. <laughs> Hello, uh, at Pringles. Um, <laughs> you've got to nibble a couple at a time. Oh, really? That's why they're the best. Because if you've got a pack of crisps, mm. you open that pack, you want to eat that pack. Mm. No one puts half pack away. No, no. But Pringles, you can be like, oh, a couple of Pringles, I'll pop them down. Mm, Keep going you, back to it. How do you eat a Pringle? What do you mean, how do you eat a Pringle? How do you eat a Pringle? You put it in your mouth. Yeah, but which way? <laughs> Not Jamie O'Hara, Danielle style. I mean, you know, kind of like, uh, what, 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 what way is in like, like I've, especially for sour cream and onion, you get most of the, the nice little white salty bit, I think on the, on, on the flip side. So I actually turn it around so it's, it's reversed. So it's not kind of like, you know, it's not the semicircle, so it's going down onto your mouth. I turn it the other way, so you're getting that you're getting that salt and sour cream first on the bottom half of your mouth rather than the top. Why have you put so much thought into that? I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. I, I have thought about this before, and that's what I would do. I always reverse it, so you get that just on the bottom of the tongue. You get that first hit of of, of salt and of artificial flavouring, and then the rest of it can kind of like melt up upwards. Do you do this for other crisps? Yeah, Baloo, you like it as well, don't you? There's Baloo, Baloo, uh, Baloo Judah there, and a little pomeranian that's underneath the table. It's okay, it's okay. Um, no, just that one, just that one. I've got some, I've got a few crisps here. We can, we can maybe, <laughs> to be fair, if you're going to come for another podcast, we might have to sample some crisps, we need to, to fill some time. <laughs> what a feature. Actually, to be fair, I'm okay, because Chef's still delivering food twice a week, Wednesdays and Wednesdays and Sundays. So that, that food's still coming from Kettlebell Kitchen. Happy days. I'm okay. Oh. I've got I've got uh, I've got a, a fridge full of stuff. I tell you who is laughing, by the way, and I mean absolutely laughing. Go on. Joe Edwards. Yeah. On honeymoon. Where's he gone? Pretty much the only place in the world that hasn't got Corona, Mexico. Oh. He's there. He's chilling out. He's probably having a few bottles of Corona on the beach. He probably doesn't even know this is going on. But will he be allowed back? I uh, see. This is the question. That, but. If, it ha if they haven't got it there... Now, whether there's a flight back is another story. I would assume that that's pretty good. I mean, there's the, there's the ongoing joke that all the US people are trying to get into Mexico and there's a wall saying that they can't even get in. You know, they, they want to get the other way around, but it hasn't hit Mexico at all. There, there's there's a, an element of fortune about it. Yes. Though, you know, there has to, a lot has to be said about him going on honeymoon during the football season. True. This is very true. It's very, very poor. I mean, you know, I say we're going to be doing a podcast next week with him, but the likelihood is probably not. Um, 
so so you might you might get you might get another interview to show to show you yeah it's poor um the, gone are the day I, I i always put my holidays around international breaks or summer but but the club journalists these days they don't matter does it doesn't matter they one game two games three games it's astonishing it's these youngins i've not missed these a young game. bucks i've not missed a game technically since i started working for the club mm. which was what millwall away in I want to say 2015, 2014. No, Just no. after we came back up under Kenny, first time back in the championship. Like, um, long story short, the radio stations I was working for, which was Beacon, like became free radio. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Had started scaling back the football coverage. Mm. And so in the end, it became that they were just sending Tomo to the games. Okay. And the... Beacon used to provide the commentary to what's become Wolves TV. Yeah. Like Wolves World back in the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. And the club then needed someone to do it. So they kind of got a few people. And Paul Berry, who's absolute legend. Mm, best legend. Express star columnist, feature columnist at the moment. Basically saved me after um, Sky Sports News Radio, who I was working for at the time, kind of made us all redundant. Uh, didn't really have much to do. Yeah. And he was like, come and work for us. Do a couple of days a week, yeah. do some interviews, yeah. and cover the games. Love it. So Millwall away, when we went 3-0 up, Bakary Sacco scored an unbelievable curling free kick from the right-hand side. And uh, that was just after an hour, and I proclaimed at that moment, that's the match winner. And uh -oh. the game ended at 3-3. They, I want to say Ricardo Fuller, but I'm not sure whether he did play for Millwall. Okay. Somebody, some, look it up, somebody scored and it was, I always remember it because Wolves were trying to make a substitution at the time and Millwall had a throw in deep in our half. Yeah. And they were sending on Richard Stearman and I still take the mickey upstairs for this now for the fact that the guy who scored was the guy that he was supposed to be marking. Yeah. And he like just arrived in Did, did play for Millwall, only four goals and 38 appearances. Was one of them against Wolves? Yes, it was. Okay, it was that game. Mm. And he like basically steers arrived to see him roll him and put the ball in the bottom corner. Oh, steers for three three, and that's the, one of the angriest I ever saw Kenny Jacket. Really? Yeah. I miss Kenny. I did. I did. I did. I mean, I started just when, just when Kenny was on his way out, but the same. I'd half season of Kenny. I did like Kenny. Proper soul of the earth, wasn't he? To be fair, you always want him to do well, don't you? Wherever he is. Yeah, I've got a lot of time for Kenny. He was he was one of those where you were never ever gonna have a personal relationship with him. Mm. Um, the most you would ever get out of him would be like, uh, okay, <laughs> hi, Mike. It's like, yeah, it's, it's Mikey Kenny. <laughs> okay, Mike. <laughs> and like, I remember doing one thing, one of them, we were setting up for an interview and it was his birthday. Yeah. And you were like, oh, happy birthday, Kenny. He was like, what? It's your birthday, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you get anything nice? Yeah. No, nothing. Do that's it. Nothing. Nothing. Strong, nothing at all. Balls, yeah. Wow. Straight like, fun, like honestly. I mean, he was good to deal with at times. He would always come and do his interviews mm. with us. The bet one we had once, where um, I'm not sure whether you would have been around at the time. He was. It was kind of towards the end, mm. and Kenny would come out. And I mean, this is back in the time when we're in the championship. So there's only like maximum one TV interview to do. Yeah. Like whoever was there. Yeah. And. Well, so, oh, yeah. get out of my house. Uh, drink that. 
I've been I've been ill for weeks. Um, <laughs> Great. They they'd like they'd come out and he'd come out and then he'd do me at this little kind of interview area yeah. next to the tunnel and then yeah. he'd come up to the rest of the journalists. Yeah, yeah. And so he came out to do me and I asked him a question and I genuinely stumped him. And the thing with Kenny was like he wanted to answer the question. Of course. So he's completely silent as he's thinking about his answer. And I thought, like, I've got to, got to step in. Here. Yeah, this yeah. It's yeah. a video interview. <laughs> so I'm trying to, like, give him some pointers. Yeah. What to say. Give him a just, way out. He went, no, no, Mike. No, no, stop it. I'm thinking. Oh, really? And it felt like forever. No, Probably yeah. Probably about five seconds. Yeah. But it's every, dead time, though. It's silence, isn't it? Everybody came up to me afterwards, all the other journalists, and going, like, what happened? <laughs> what did you do? Like, we saw Kenny just, everything goes silent. It's like... Well, what did you ask him? I can't even remember. I mean, it can't have been that taxing. It was a club well, interview. Well, no, no, you don't Isn't that sometimes difficult for you when you, you know, obviously, like I say, you've got to, I mean, I've done this as well. I was working for Middlesbrough and uh, sometimes you, you're very, you want to say stuff and you feel like you want to give both sides, you know, both sides and uh, of the story, yet you have to almost be pro-club. I guess it's kind of like drilled into you, but at the same time, does it become a bit frustrating sometimes when you have to, not toe the line because I mean, goodness me, reporting on Wolves the last four or five years, you, you haven't really had to to change, you know, the positivity too much because it's been it's been magnificent. But is it sometimes a bit frustrating? Um, it it kind of probably was back when things weren't going well. Yeah, but it's more for the the biggest frustration is that when things aren't going well, people will look for things to criticise. Yeah. and to have a go at, and I would get a lot of abuse from people who. With the best one in the world, I don't think genuinely understood what my job was. Like, it's not my job to, well, certainly to have an opinion. Sure. It's not my job to to criticise yeah. after a game. Yeah. If things have gone badly, I ask why it's gone badly. Mm-hmm. But it's not my job to say it's gone badly. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, and ultimately that's up to, you know, whoever's reporting for the Express and Star, yeah. whoever's reporting for BBC WM, yeah. for Sky and stuff. Yeah. My job is to is to ask what, can be mm-hmm. quite vanilla, mm. bland questions at times because I'm there to give them a platform to sure. say what they want, yeah. not to ask the searching things. And I think that's kind of, it's not always been the easiest to get around. Mm. No, I, I completely understand. And I think some people have got to, um, Some it's, it's good for people to understand that because everybody has got different roles and... Um, you know, and covering different platforms, and like you say, you know, you do you do yours fantastically, but sometimes it can be quite frustrating. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I'll tell you what I've got to say as well. Before just before I leave Edwards's wedding, um, which was lovely, by the way. Say so we're only going back to the night do, but you know that's that's fine. It's no problem. What? We're only going back to the night do. Never met his bride before, but met it. She was, she's lovely, by the way. Too good for him. Way too good for him. Anyway, I got to thank Wolves um, and uh, head of media Max Fitzgerald as well because they're. Us, the sports desk, and 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 Wolves got um, got him a lovely signed shirt from the players for his wedding present. Um, got it all framed, uh, all the big boys, all the big stars on it, and presented it to him on the night. And his face, bless him, just lit up. His wife, on the other hand, just sank. It's like great. So I guess this is going to be in our brand new living room <laughs> together. This huge, this huge full size Wolves shirt with all these. Anyway, but uh, no, it was a lovely night. And uh, yeah, I hope, I hope he's having a good time. I'm sure he's having a good time. Best best time to be away. And if you don't if you don't come back, then I completely understand. Um, right, Mikey. No football. EFL, FA, 
Premier League statement today till April the 30th at the earliest. What do you what do you make of it? I mean, that, this April the 2nd, 3rd was never going to happen. That was just to buy him some time. Uh, so we're looking at another, what are we at now? So that's what we're looking at, six, seven weeks minimum. Um, and I say minimum, can you see it starting by then? Or are we? is this just another another date where we're just not going to see football until the next one? I think the, the easiest answer to that is, I just don't know. Mm. And I'm not sure who, who would know. I think there's, we all love the game. We love what we do for me and you going to the games, for fans going to the games and, you know, people absolutely live and breathe it and we know that. But there is that old adage of football's not that important at times. Yeah. And even though actually it is my livelihood, it's not as important as making sure that people, wherever they are, are well mm-hmm. and safe. Yeah. And so I think it's right that they stopped it. I have to admit, I was ever so slightly concerned at the prospect of having to go to West Ham last weekend, especially off the back of them having played Arsenal. Sure, yeah, absolutely. And what came out from that. Yeah. Um, because look, I've got a family. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got elderly parents and grandparents. My nephew is um, type one diabetic. Yeah. So has compromised immune systems at times, and I think you know, football is important. Wolves is important to an awful lot of people, mm-hmm. and there'll be people who listen to this who genuinely are missing something from not having the football matches around. Yeah. But we've just got to wait. It's the hardest thing to do is to be patient, let everything run its course that needs to happen, and when the football returns, we'll celebrate. Do you think, I guess, you know, like you say, it's difficult to, to, to know, but can you see with the statement that they've made today, I'm not being reserved, I'm just trying to get something queued up for later, um, can, you, can, you, um, can you see from the, the statement they've released today that the likelihood, the likelihood is that we get a full Premier League season at some point? My preference has always been to finish the season. Yeah. Whenever that's possible. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, you know, if it, if it affects next season, let it affect next season. Yes. Yeah. <coughs> and that's the end of the uh, podcast. Thanks very much, Mike. He's uh, in fact, is all. Because um, I've not had to talk for a week. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's got to... to a um, little bit of extra lubrication. Um, it's it's bizarre. I mean, obviously, you've never we've never encountered anything like this in our in our journalistic careers. Um, I must admit, and um, maybe I'm the only one. I don't know. Not not that I didn't take this seriously. I, I took it massively seriously uh, when it first came out. But I never thought it would have the impact that it actually has done um, in this country and, and and throughout the world. Really. Yeah, I get that. I mean. I think it's the weirdest thing for me is talking to family members and friends who are still working and still going about their daily lives. Yeah. And because every time something happens in the last week, their reactions are kind of completely different to mine because I kind of had to come to terms with it a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, like, and I know we'll get onto it in more detail later, like it is my job. Yeah. And so, barring one or two other things I do on the side, I have no work now mm. until the end of April. At so, the earliest. Yeah. So 
I mean, there are things that I would do, and Wolves, I should say, and you mentioned Max before, like that being absolutely brilliant, and we are talking about ideas and things mm-hmm. for content to try and provide stuff for fans who want to see things. Yeah. But also, I hopefully to kind of give me some work. To yeah. Um, but I think you know overall, for, we just have to just have to let this be. Mm-hmm. Don't worry too much about what's going to happen in the future. As long as I say my personal preference to finish the season, if that's May, if that's June, yeah. if that's July, in my view, even if it's August or September. I've always thought you have to finish this. I don't know about you. No, I completely agree. And if it impacts next season, if it impacts two or three seasons going forward, um, then I think that it's the right thing to do. And I think that it's the fairest thing to do. I don't think, you know, there's a lot of people who are talking about these mathematical models where they can they can make the Premier League season what it is and strength of schedule and, 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 and even it all up. You can't even it out. A, a mathematical... Uh, model cannot um, isn't wasn't would not predict Watford beating Liverpool three 0 and things like that. You've got to see the season out, and I don't really care if it, we're going into I don't know, like you say, July, August, September. It's the mo- it's the fairest thing to do. You know, we could go on and on about these permutations and you know promoting the the top two it is at the moment from the Championship. What about third, fourth, fifth, sixth, yeah. seventh? It's not it's not fair. And the same with the bottom of the table and and. You know, are the Premier League and the European spots for for you know for for the top of the table. It's it's very very difficult. And I think the fairest way to do it, however that may be, would be to finish the season. I don't really care when that happens. I know there's a it's easier said than done with players' contracts and loan agreements and everything. But hopefully they can find um, a way a way to make it work. Because end of the day, that the fans deserve it. Well, I think the important thing to mention on all of that is that it's you know obviously we talk from a Wolves point of view. But the, it's not just Wolves that are affected by this. Mm-hmm. Everybody's affected by it all the way through from all the different levels of football. So if there are issues that around contracts that end at the end of June and all those kind of things, yeah. then they can make decisions that are for the good of everybody in mm-hmm. the game. Mm-hmm. And that will enable them to try and be flexible. And I think you can see that in some of the things that they've said and, and decided on already. And look, there is no rush. No to come to any of these things. No. We've now got until the 30th of April, mm-hmm. effectively, till the end of next month. So people can keep talking, because let's face it, we need to do something at this <laughs> time, and just come up with some sensible ways of working that can enable us to do it. I say, overall, got to finish the season. If that's behind closed doors at some point, mm-hmm. that's maybe a different debate to have. But for me, you have to see this through because fundamentally, the principle of the season goes that everybody plays each other twice and everybody has that fair shot to get the points they need over 38 or 46 games. And I can't personally see any way where you go, A, we just wipe it all. I'd hate that. Mm. Or B, you go, let's leave it at this. And like you say, work out some kind of so, you know, even if they put it into like football manager and generated it that way, yeah. stuff, it's not the same. No, no, it definitely isn't. Um, I mean, it's difficult intake. You talk about advantages and disadvantages. 
I mean, it's all hypothetical, really. Could you see? Could you see someone? I'm not saying take advantage because you, you know you do what you need to do, but I'm surprised. And maybe this might happen now because it's been extended, and we're looking at six, seven weeks minimum. That certain clubs with certain players might uh, have operations quickly now, or go and have treatments or things that maybe they were putting off um, till the end of the season, um, and then take advantage of this break now. I, I wouldn't have thought so okay. on the basis that you know, you'd, for a start, you don't really want players going off to medical institutions. It's true, because they'll see Mikey, Mikey Burrows there. Yeah, exactly. Um, you don't really want players going off to, to medical institutions right now because those medical institutions may well be needed. Mm, elsewhere, sure. Also, you're trying to keep the players, the players safe for a start mm-hmm. as well. And there are some teams that are still training, some that are not, and have gone off to do other things. Yeah. I th- again, you know, I wouldn't treat this as a as a summer break. Mm-hmm. It's not a summer break. Mm-hmm. You're going to try and start pick up where they left off. I think if you start going down that route, it becomes a little dangerous of, you know, do you have a player have a certain operation? Yeah. It's a four-week recovery. Yeah. Or, who gets him to recover? Yeah, true. This is true. Yeah, you know, you're not going to be in the medical department, and uh, you know, if you're like, like you know, a lot of people are saying, well, Adam Traore, he's going to, he's going to have a shoulder operation. Could he go and have that done now? You know, if it's going to take a month for him to get back to to full strength, you know, get it done now. There's plenty of people asking for that. Um, but like you say, I mean, you, you raise a good point. You know, who's going to help him with the rehab? If people are at home, if people are, you know, if the medical department are working from home as well, and there's you know there's there's, there's self isolation going on, what you can't really do much, can you? But what if um, what if this all clears quicker than we all imagine, mm. and you know, as quickly as maybe some of us hope for, and they do resume earlier? Yeah. Yes, true, yeah. Yeah, then you just don't know, do you? Could you see a scenario where, um, let's say, eight weeks go, and then, yep, we're ready to play football. However, we're not going to have, we're not going to go from nothing to everything. We're going to go behind closed doors for the first month, and then we'll start letting fans back in. So you could see maybe, you know, maybe four, five, six games being in empty stadiums with maybe just the media or selected media covering it before the reintegration of, of fans? I think, obviously, there's a, a wider element of... I don't, I don't know how this virus, COVID-19, is going to play out, when exactly the peak is going to be, and how they kind of get it back together. My, I've always said, and you and I are probably pretty similar on this, because we had similar experiences watching the Olympiacos game. Mm. I'm not a fan of behind closed doors. No. If it has to be done like that, then you understand it goes ahead and yeah. that's how it's done. But I would always say football is about, like Nuno said, it's mm. about entertainment. Mm. It's about the fans. And if you can get to an element of getting the fans there, then that would always be preferable. To sure, me. sure. I, w- I would... It was bizarre watching it, wasn't it? It was... It was I... Because I, I, was, I was at Cheltenham for the day and so I couldn't, I couldn't go to the game. I'm surprised it took, took place... Anyway, I mean, how stunned it was. And uh, obviously everybody who was out there, we had two out there, um, but plenty, plenty of people. I can't believe that game took place. But it's taking place and, you know, the 1-1 and it's not a bad result. It could have been better. But the fact that 
I came home and I was excited to watch it. I'm like, goodness, I can't remember the last time I actually watched a Wolves game on the TV because we're always at the games. So to watch it and to listen to it, I hated it. And, and 25 minutes in, half an hour in, I'm doing something else in the kitchen. I wasn't that, you know, when, when, when Neto scores the equaliser, you know, you kind of normally start, couldn't really get excited about it, to be honest. It was such a weird feeling. It is, well, it is weird. I mean, for me, it's a little bit different because I've, I've done a lot of under-23s commentaries this year. <laughs> well, there's a man, every man and his dog watching, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I've done under-18s games and things like that where, you know, you've literally got, you're in stadiums but with small crowds. Yeah. So it wasn't that unusual in that respect. Mm. It's just that I get the feeling there's something about Wolves sometimes where they respond really well to a crowd, whether it's positive or negative. Mm. In away games, you can see it sometimes. Yeah. They grow in certain circumstances. Yeah. I felt that at Spurs the other week. Mm -hmm. And without that, that's what then makes it more difficult for the players yeah. to lift themselves. Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think um, I think when you when you see them feed off the atmosphere, especially those nights at Wolves, you know, when you just don't want them to happen, I think um, the games that, that if if and when, let's let's say the Premier League starts again after this April the 30th, the two games that, that Wolves would have straight away are Burnley away and Crystal Palace at home. Um, look, the sixth in the table at this moment, in are they sixth in the table? Yeah, the sixth in the table. Um, let's have a look, got the table up here. So sixth in the table, um, two points away from Manchester United in fifth, um, level on points with Sheffield United, who've got a game in hand and only two points, Tottenham two points behind them. They're going to need the fans, aren't they? You know, this is this could be the difference between Champions League football, Europa League football, or, or, or no European football next season. There's some crunch games coming up. And, you know, like you say, I know all teams need their fans, but I think especially Wolves and the way they feed off the atmosphere on nights like at Molyneux, it's, it's, it's so important. I talk to a lot of um, the national commentators, the, the big broadcasters that come along, and the, they all talk about the fact that there is something different about Molyneux. Yeah. There is something unique in Premier League terms that, and I, I so hope that it doesn't ever change in the years to come. The club will get bigger. Mm -hmm. The stadium will probably get bigger. There will be more fans in there. Part of me thinks it's maybe something about the makeup of who a Wolverhampton Wanderers fan is and what they've been through in their lives sure. with their team yeah. specifically that gives you something different. Like, even when we were at Wembley last year, yeah. it felt different. Yes. The noise felt yeah, different. Yeah, you're right, yeah. And that's why I, I, I so believe that Molyneux plays such a big part in what they do. Mm -hmm. From day one, from that Everton game mm -hmm. 18 months ago, mm -hmm. two years ago, it's got, it's got something. Yeah, it does, you're right. It, it really does, and I think... Um, I think going forward, I don't know, it's probably that old school stadium as well. And it, I think they've done a really good job, you know, inside the stadium of, of, of modernising. I think the stuff they do on the pitch is great, but it's not super, super extravagant as well. And I think you like that old school feel about it. And because and, I still think if you've got, if you've got your, your Manchester United and your, and your Man Cities who come here on night, they're still like, oh, I don't want to go to Wolverhampton. You know, that kind of like... Not inferiority complex, but like, oh, we're better than you. But at the same time, it's just like, oh, goodness, this isn't a glam game. I struggled to get up for this. But because they're playing at a certain level, which is as good as the top six or, or with the top six, or they are the top six, they're coming and they're getting beat. Well, the, the big thing is that Wolves have 
an unbelievable team at the minute. Yeah. Like, I, I sometimes I do stop and kind of think, and I was having this chat with Tomo the other week, where, like, sometimes we forget actually how good some of these players are. Mm. Because we've seen them week in, week out, we saw them in the championship. Yeah. You forget, actually, and because I, I, I went around in the championship saying to friends of mine that cover other teams, I can see Jota, and the cha- when we were in the championship, I was yeah. saying, I could see Jota in a Chelsea squad now. Yeah, yeah. Because of the way they play. Sure. Like, maybe not a starter at the time, but as a player to come on. I could see Neves making a difference at a Man City or a Man United. Yeah. I could see that at that moment. At that level, yeah. And because we've had them for that long, we, I think sometimes there's a load of Wolves fans that we all kind of forget actually how good they are. Yeah. And it's, Not that you take it for granted, but you, you, like you say, you forget the level that they're actually playing yeah. at. Like Ruben Neves, for example, in my view, in the last two months, has been one of the best midfielders in the Premier League, mm-hmm. undoubtedly. There will be people that think he's done all right. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's not done some of the stuff he's done in his previous Wolves career. Sure. Like, it, and that's what baffles me. He hasn't scored a worldie or, you know, so I, I didn't see him. He didn't make an assist in that game. So he's, he's you know, it's, yeah, it was, it was a seven out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. And yet he has pinged some unbelievable passes mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. He's like, to me, he looks fitter at the minute. He's getting around the park. He's dominating games in ways that we've maybe not seen him do previously when they had three in midfield. Yeah. He's been absolutely unreal. But you're right, because he's not ping one in. And yet when he did ping one in, mm. my first thought was, I'm not even sure that's in the top five. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah, like he's a top probably probably not in the top five. Um and, and even he admitted afterwards, you know, it wasn't in his his, you know, his portfolio, so to speak, in it. But, you know, they are just unbelievable moments and uh like you say, it's an absolute pleasure to watch him. And you, yes, you, yes, like you say, Wolves could hopefully go from strength to strength and they could go bigger and they could go better. But, you know, there's no guarantees either. You know, we could see, you know, this this could be Pete Wolves. And I think you've got to enjoy it and be in this moment because in, in 20 or 30 or 40 years' time, people will look on this, on this four, five, six-year period of like, goodness me, can you imagine being a fan there or going to the games? That was, that's a, I would say, a golden era. That's why, that's why it was slightly frustrating, the response to the Olympiacos result. Because I know people are disappointed that they didn't beat, especially when they went down to 10 men. But there is, and there'll be people who listen to this and go, what are they talking about? Like, why are they getting so caught up in the, the emotion of it all? But you have to, because yeah. I've said so many times on air, you have to live for now. You have to live for these moments. Because mm-hmm. there's so many who've gone through their Wolves supporting careers, who've not got anywhere near this. Yeah, yeah. So, and it, even when you sit back and go, people are slightly disappointed that we didn't win the away leg of the last 16 of the Europa League. <laughs> yeah. When... Versus a, champ, a perennial Champions League team away yeah. from home in a stadium with no fans. When two and a half years ago, we just come off the back of a season with three managers, with all sorts going on. Five years ago, we were just recovering from back-to-back relegations. Yeah. And, you, I mean, you can go back through so long in people's lives mm-hmm. for what they've had to go through. 
So enjoy it. Yeah. I said on that commentary of the Man City game, these are the best Wolves moments of my lifetime. Yeah. Don't let it pass you by. Completely agree. Um, and, and to be fair, that brings us on to the, the very next uh, very next part of this, of this little poddy, um, which I, I, did, I did speak to you before about, because you have been part of some iconic moments in, in Wolves history. So I asked you to kind of compile or, or think about some of your favourite commentary moments. We'll get to number one um, in a little bit, uh, but you've, you've been part of, of, of some just, just amazing moments in Wolverhampton Wanderers history. Uh, what would you say from a, from a commentary box point of view, and it doesn't have to be a certain game, it could be a certain goal, what, what, what are in your, you know, your top three or four memories of, of what you look back on? I know you don't like listening to yourself or, or playing, but you think, oh, that was a, that was a fantastic moment. I, I was a delight to be there and, and, to, and to commentate on it. Yeah, I think the thing I would say really from the very start is that I've always been of the view that it's, I'm only, I can only produce good stuff when the team has produced good stuff. I am completely reliant on them doing the things. It is them who has produced that magic moment. It's them who's produced that magic moment. It's them who has gone out and done something utterly ridiculous at times. Yeah. And I've just been the person lucky enough to try and describe it. And when people sometimes message, and it's really, really nice, and it's the biggest kind of um, boost that you can get when you come away from a game and people are tweeting you and tweeting the club saying, when's the commentary coming out? Mm-hmm. They don't listen during the game. Yeah. But they want to hear what we've said afterwards. Sure, exactly, yeah. So you talk about, obviously, Ruben Neves' is volley um, against Derby. Yeah. Um, there were a few kind of ones before that. Uh, the one that really sticks out, actually, in a, a funny way, slightly related to you, is that Middlesbrough away game huh. in the promotion season. Okay. Because you'll know, most people won't know, press box at the Riverside is kind of, it's benches. It is benches. And they're right at the back of the stand mm-hmm. next to where the TV cameras are. And we, as the club, always get put on the back row, quite to the side. So it's the one place, or one of the few places, where I can stand up. Okay. Because, you know, Premier League, you don't get to stand no up. No chance, anywhere. no, no. You're like, you're in yeah. the middle of the thing, it's yeah. big stadiums, whatever. Yeah. There, I could stand up, and Tomo stood up with me, and we were the only two people in the press box stood up. <laughs> and we're lucky, we've got quite long, twirly wires on the headphones. Okay. And it's the game where they went down to nine men. Yeah. And they are seeing it through. It's that Friday night. And every last shred of effort yeah. the players have yeah. to hold on to that win is there. And I am pacing up and down all the way through. And like, and there were people turning around and looking at us from the press box going like, what, the, what, what are, are you they doing? doing? What are these two doing? And on the final whistle, when Nuno runs on the pitch and runs and... Hug Saiz, who yes. was flat out on the floor. He was, yeah. That famous picture. Perfect picture, yeah. I launch into a ridiculous rant <laughs> about, like, the historic, monumental effort. It's all coming out, just words coming into the head that suddenly just 
yeah. everything's going it's just a stream of consciousness there's nothing free plan you just use no, off no, 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 which no. is which is which is why I think you do yourself a disservice why, why you know when, when people say you're just doing a job you do a job but you do it fantastically well and you describe it and the words you use and the, and the enthusiasm is there it's not fake it's not artificial it's absolutely from the heart and I think that's why that's why people you know absolutely love the work you do and that's why they look forward to it and that's why they just watched a game of football and they want to get back they don't want to watch match of the day they want to go and listen to your commentary because you describe it in, in, in such um, well in such art really um, but that was that was an, an amazing moment I mean thanks mate it's really kind of you to say it's, it's not true but it's not true to say <laughs> um, it was like about three or four minutes on the final whistle of me ranting and I always remember it because I turned and looked to Tomo yeah and he had this look on his face of just being ever so slightly stunned at like at me just going off on one and we've worked together an awful lot down the years. Yeah. And he knows me. And that moment where he's like, you've gone. Yeah. Like, and he said to me afterwards, he was like, I just stood there watching you go. Yeah. Like just off into another world. He didn't speak. He just let it go. Just, just let yeah, it go. Yeah, just said it. Just, and obviously, we were doing it on Signal at the time as well. And the guys at Signal were like, what was that? <laughs> like not in a bad way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. But like, where did that come from? Yeah. And I think it just, for me, that was people, and we'll get onto the, the big moment. Yeah. That's kind of what I kind of got most of my notoriety for one of the best sure. word for. But in that season, that and the Bristol City game. Yes. This had the header. Yeah. Those are the kind of the two big moments for me mm -hmm. in that season. Mm -hmm that was like, yeah, they're going to do it. They're going to do it, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let's bring, let, let's let's come on to number one. I don't know if I can play it on here, but if not, I'll play it on my phone. Um, then maybe you can talk a little bit about it. Um, it's three minutes long, actually. And I'm going to play the whole three minutes because I've listened to it twice already today. And uh, yeah, you, you can't help but just, just, just feel the moment. So here we go. Let's see if this one works on here. Um, if it doesn't, then I will, I apologise. Um, no, it's not working on I here. I just noticed as well, ladies and gentlemen, that um, Nathan has a, a little printed off tag on his computer yeah. um, that just says Judah. <laughs> it's been given to me by IT, just um, just in case I haven't I haven't realised. Um, um, You're like it... a musical artist now. It just goes <laughs> by one name, just a surname. <laughs> oh dear, right, let me try and find this. Oh goodness me, where's it going? No, like you, keep, you keep on talking. It's no, like end dot okay. Judah. No, no, no. Nathan Judah. Or Mr. Jude. No. Here we go. Against John Ruddy. Can Ruddy make himself a hero? Mike Dean paces backwards, puts his whistle to his lips. It's Medine to step up. Right footed. Medine strikes in. Ruddy saves! John Ruddy saves! John Ruddy saves! He is the Wolves hero! They've got one minute forty remaining! Oh, they've got to go on and win this now! Oh, <laughs> who would be a Wolves fan, eh? <laughs> what a save. Come on, hang on. Corner, hoyle it, right footed from the right-hand side. Players going down all over the place. It's cleared away. Bryson chasing to try and get to it. Minute 15 still remains. Bennett in possession. 
back to Edwidge. Wolves are so deep. Edwidge is going to run it near the halfway line here. One minute remains at the Cardiff City Stadium. It's launched towards the edge of the box. Bennett with the header away. Neves clear. Still everyone so deep. Joe Bennett comes out to it. 50 seconds remain. It's launched up to the edge of the box again. Peltier trying to flick it on. Hoylet tries to get there. Douglas gets a foot to it. It's hooked out towards the right-hand corner flag. Mendes Lang tries to keep hold of it. Bolly gets a foot in. Out of play for a throw. 40 seconds remain. Still Wolves lead by a goal to nil. Aaron Goodison getting set to try and launch this one into the penalty area. In comes the throw. Willie Bolly trying to get underneath it. Drops towards Hoylet. Oh, it's a scramble. He'll get to try to get there. Rudy parks it away. It comes back out to Goodison. Cavallero goes in. Referee's playing. Oh, no, it's another penalty. Oh, can you believe it? 20 seconds to go. This is unbelievable. Why has he gone to ground? Why has he gone to ground, Cavallero? He's going nowhere. He's dived in both feet. Pilot against Ruddy. Ruddy, the saved one. Can he save two? Referee blows his whistle. Here comes Hoylet to step up. Right footed. And he says, it's back on the bar. It's back on the bar. It's headed goalless. It's wide. It's wide. It's wide. The game's over. The game's over. The game's over. Wolves have won it. Wolves have won it. Wolves have won it. A quite incredible finish to a remarkable match. John Ruddy has been piled on by everybody. He saved the penalty. Cardiff then missed another one. In added time of added time, Ruben Neves, his free kick, has won the game. Wolves are nine points clear at the top. They're 14 clear of Fulham. There are six games to go. It's quite incredible, remarkable. You will never, ever forget this night. Wolves have won the game. Oh, mate, mate, that is, I mean, you can't, that cannot, that cannot not bring a smile to your face. I mean, the, literally the hairs, are, it's like shivers listening to that. I mean, when you listen to that, and I'm sure you've heard it a million times now, you, you, you can't help but, you can't help but, but be so, so happy. It feels with a, a warm, fuzzy feeling. An, an amazing game. I hate it. <laughs> you hate it because why do you hate it? I, I, hate, I genuinely hate listening back to myself. Oh, mate, that um, is superb, though. That is superb. But though, like I say, the emotion of that night and being there, uh, amazing. The, there are a few things about it that, again, sometimes what people don't always get, and hopefully we do try and give an idea of it sometimes. And I know you put pictures out during games and stuff. When we go to away games, we are generally slap bang in the middle of home fans and i you know i'm working for the club and i'm with other people who work for the club we're wearing wolves gear nobody normal fans wouldn't do that going into home ends <laughs> no. wearing wearing opposition it's a good club. point so when that obviously when ruben neves scores i go off and do my usual shouty shouty stuff and obviously there are fans on both sides of that press box. You know what it's like. Yeah. It's kind of two big rows. Yeah. There are fans in front and fans behind. We're on the back row, fans behind are closest. Yes. They're not very happy with No. It. That's happened a lot of places. I'm used to it. When they get the first penalty, all those fans are giving me untold amounts of stuff. <laughs> when it's saved, yeah. obviously I'm going bonkers. Sure. And then you know how much that game at that time of the season 
meant to that promotion. Absolutely. So the ball never goes dead. If you, the thing that always stands out to me when, when I've heard that commentary is you don't hear Tomo. Mm -hmm. That's not edited. No. From the moment that corner goes in after the first penalty to the moment the second penalty is awarded, Tomo says not a thing. That's not being cut out. That's not, you know, being, that is, that is a continuous three-minute commentary of what happened in that yeah. game. Yeah. It's the first time I've ever gone to that level of counting down, like almost every 10 seconds. I've done it a couple of times since. I did it the other week at Tottenham and completely like, I was really ill the other week. That's why I'm still coughing. Mm. And like, my voice was gone towards it. When Dendonka tries to run away at the end, yeah. like my voice has got nowhere to go. That night, I was so worn out emotionally. We were supposed to be on a, a lad's night out and I drove home. Really? Because I was so spent, I had nothing left. I couldn't. I couldn't have gone on the night out because I would. I needed to get home. Probably good for your safety. Didn't go into a Cardiff night out. Wait, well, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah. I, I just gone physically, home. emotionally, yeah. everything spent. Completely spent. Yeah. I had nothing left. I went home and I slept all weekend. Really. And I woke up and I kind of checked my phone, and Jackie Oatley had retweeted the commentary. Yeah. And Blew up. Yeah. My social media just went wild. Crazy. Um, but like I say because you've got the fans giving it you they're celebrating a penalty then obviously I'm celebrating the fact they've missed it yeah. and they're celebrating getting another penalty then that moment at the end the pictures are of Nuno running on the pitch mm -hmm. jumping on the players yeah. that's us on our feet in the press box celebrating it's just it was an unreal night, but it took everything out of me oh, to do that. Oh, mate, amazing. And like you say, it was um, in, incredibly important in, in, in the story of Wolves, really, and, and just that, that game. It had absolutely everything. I'm pleased you got to see it, mate, because like you say, I was outside not knowing what the hell was going on, waiting for fans to come out of the stadium. So I never saw any of it. I'd, I'd, left, uh, I'd left by then and uh, was just uh, watching Twitter, Twitter updates on my phone by Spears, seeing exactly what I was missing. I, I just want to say, though, mm. It means more because, for two reasons actually. One, because I was there, I did the commentary for Beacon at Burnley at home, where effectively the double relegation was confirmed. And the fans went on the pitch and smashed up the dugout. And I got told off by a security guard at the time for trying to take a photo of it. And we're hanging off the goal post and stuff. Yeah. And you never thought the club could get lower than it did mm -hmm. at that moment. Mm -hmm. And then I was there at Crew, and at Leighton Orient when they got promotion and clinched the title in League One to come back up. And then, as we spoke about before, from pretty much the start of that season, I've been working for the club exclusively, doing commentary, and have been there through that journey back. And especially for me, um, a massive, massive part of Wolves was John Foz Hendley. Fozzy, who did our programme... Yeah. who came to the games with us, who tragically we lost after the Bristol City game. It's why the Bristol City game, to me, is a little bit weird because it's the last time sure. we saw Fozzie. Mm -hmm. But he would have so loved those moments and that promotion to see them getting back to where they are now. Yeah, And that's why that Cardiff night just will forever... Well, no matter what I do in the future... And look, I might not have a commentator again. That will always be special. Amazing, mate. Absolutely amazing.
Shall we take some questions from the peeps who are desperate to talk to you? Um, we've got all of three questions here now, so so you know, let's let's see what they've got to say. Paul Mansell says, Mikey, what good, if any, do you think it will come to have a break like this for football, the players, and the fans? I was thinking it'll stop me from taking weekly football for granted. Yeah, there is a part of that, isn't there? I think, like I said earlier, like sometimes we forget that football is not the most important thing in the world, and your health and well-being and the people around you. It sounds so cheesy mm. to, to say that, but it's true, it really is. And we will come, I say, we will come back, we will get back. We will start doing games again. It'll probably be a bit weird at the start when it does happen. Yeah. But people will fall back into those routines. I've always said this, when you, people talk about VAR and things like that, and people say, oh, we won't celebrate goals and stuff. I always say, yeah, you will. Yeah. Yeah, you will. Of course you will, 100%. Slightly different in the moment after, but of course you will. Because you can't, because it's passion. It's like getting on the dating scene, getting back on it, a little bit nervous to start with, you know, you meet a little blind date, you know, it's a bit awkwardness, a couple of glasses in, you're back in, you, you know exactly where you are, don't you? Happy days, the, the, the words are flowing. I went back on the dating scene oh. a year or so ago. Hello. It wasn't like that at all, Nathan. Was it not? I don't know what your experience was like. <laughs> Straight in, no awkwardness there. Wham, bam, thank you, man. plenty of awkwardness every <laughs> <at my> time. <laughs> Uh, um, let's have a look uh, Roberto asks one for Mikey being friends with a few ex-players on a personal level and a Wolves fan was the relationship difficult at times if they had a poor game or the club was struggling um, I wasn't friends with them when they were playing I've, I've been friendly with them um, certain other players maybe more than others but I wouldn't have ever classed us as friends until they stopped playing for the club. Mm -hmm. That's always been an important thing for me. Like, obviously for the length of time that he was there, I was pretty close to Dave Edwards by the end and Steers and stuff. Yeah. And I've talked about that on the old goal club when they've been on and stuff. Yeah. But it wasn't like, we never messaged kind of away from it. Sure. And a lot of the players, because like I said before, like, it's work. Yeah. And it's like, it's none of my business. It's their, you know, it's their lives, their things. We can talk about other stuff. I used to have some great conversations with some of the players in the corridor around the training ground. You know, George Savile, Jed Wallace were great lads to kind of talk to. Mm -hmm. um, say Dave Edwards is always a good guy, Richard Stearman. But, you know, you very rarely talk about football stuff. So if they had a bad game, and you know, like I said before... That's Blue ringing the bell because he used to go outside. Well, trained dog that in it, to be fair. Oh. more trained than you are, to be fair. He is, to be fair. <laughs> I'd go out with him. Alana, can you let Baloo out, please? He needs to go to the bathroom. Thank you, sweetie. There you go. Well um, trained. Well trained household here. I mean, don't, if you didn't hear that... What happens when you need to go to the bathroom? Oh, I ring the bell too. Why, and Alana has to take she you comes, up. She comes and helps me up. <laughs> so if you didn't know anything, um, the, the dog, Little Pomeranian, just rang the bell because he wants to go to the bathroom. And now he's going inside, which means he wants a treat. Baloo, go outside. Go outside. Good boy. That's a good doggy. That's a good Mikey. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not there to have an opinion. Yeah. So whether I have an opinion or not on how they played, never say that to them. Okay. Links Wolf, uh, have you ever known a time when the players have been viewed with so much love? The media team seems to have got it spot on. Uh, um, it says Roman Roman Saïs. Oh, Roman Saïs is an absolute legend. When we were doing the 
question tankard yeah. in the promotion season. He um, he really kind of surprised me in the way he, he stepped up and kind of kept this character that wasn't always evident in the okay. first season. Sure. The only time it was slightly evident, when he signed, I went up to him and I was like, Remain, um, how do you say your surname? Yeah. Because well, I need to let commentators know. Say Saiz. Yeah. Sass. And he told me a way that wasn't the way. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. And it was only a couple of weeks later <laughs> that he came up to me and was like, that's, I, I need to be honest, this is how you say my name. Not my friend. Yeah. And that's that was his kind of sense of humour <laughs> that he was determined to get me to say it wrong for ages. Oh, brilliant. He's a good guy. I mean, the media team do a great job, don't they, to be fair? I mean, some of the content they put out... Um, it's just it's well, street head of some of the other Premier League clubs. And the best thing is they don't get involved in some of these silly spats or, or, or putting tweets out. A lot of the clubs just self-destruct to some of the stuff they put out there. But the media team and the content and, and the production and the work that they do, I think, is, 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 is incredible, really. Look, the, the biggest thing that I can say for them, because obviously I'm slightly biased in this regard because I work with them all week in, week out, um, they are amongst the kind of the, the top most professional people you could want to work with. And they are superb at their jobs. And one of the big things that Max did is that um, they got people who were specialists in their roles. Mm -hmm. So beforehand, there was lots of different people that chipped in. It wasn't a big team, but people did all sorts of things. You know, we've now got people who are specialists in what they do. Yeah. And that shows in what they're able to produce. And it's not just the content that you see. There's a team of people that work incredibly hard to make sure that other people are getting content mm -hmm. and that everything that goes into it, the Premier League is ridiculous in the, the level it's jumped up from yeah. when I first started covering mm -hmm. the club. It's like when I first started working for the club and I'd be organising post-match interviews for people on away games. Yeah, of course. Because there wasn't that many of us there from the club. You know, it's like it's, it's a amazing. different world. And they all work so, so hard. They, re too. they really do. Um, right, we're running out of time, actually, here. We've got about eight minutes, seven, eight minutes left. Oh, incredibly, we've gone on for an hour and five minutes. Oh. It's astonishing. Um, so we've got, we've got about six, seven minutes left. Let's have a look. Um... Tom Davis, day three of isolation. Any recommendations for the next 12? Uh, I say 12, 12 is, I don't know if it means days or weeks. Um, Mike, give us, a, give, us a, give us a movie. If you haven't seen one movie, what would be your movie to go to? I'm a massive fan of Will Ferrell films. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Um, one that's slightly underrated. Okay. The Other Guys. Okay, I haven't seen that. Have you seen that? No. Genuinely, check that out. Um, any Will Ferrell film, film is, is pretty good to be fair that would be my go-to I did talking about dating I went on a date with a girl a couple of months ago and the moment when she said that she didn't know who Will Ferrell was oh interesting and hadn't seen any of his films might be a bit younger than you think then <laughs> actually right this is one for you you'll love this so about a year ago I went on a date with a girl it was a second date I love this love this again it's, it's, it's like what's Potty Love Island yeah and then um, we're, we went to the cinema. Yeah, as you do. And great, she, great date, one to one, first date, go yeah, to the yeah. cinema, perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, second date. Oh, there you go, okay. Second date. First drink, first date drink. Okay, nice. Second date, bit of food, cinema. Third date? <laughs> this did not get to the third oh, date. Oh, okay, like and it. And this is the reason why. Okay. She was a massive, massive film fan. Right. And as we're waiting for the film to start, she says, What's your favourite movie? 
of all time. Yeah. And I think she was expecting something, you know, Hitchcock. Or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like kind of complex things, you know, all these amazing films yeah. from the past. Yeah. And I said, <laughs> The Karate Kid. <laughs> I will not have, not the remake. No, no, no. Original, original. Yeah, the original. Yeah. Unbelievable film. It's got, la- it's got layers that you just don't understand. <laughs> and what was her reaction? I-, I imagine it wasn't great. Disappointment. We did not have a third day. Wow. Wow. I mean, that, that that's so... She, she, she wasn't Barry Norman. <laughs> Goodness me. That's harsh. I'm pretty sure she wasn't Barry Norman. <laughs> I don't know. See, we've seen some of the pictures. Not great. Uh, let's have a look. A um, couple more before we go. Um, best match either of you have been to live not necessarily Wolves just uh, just a live game says Dave Ellerton um, I, I, I was asked this question actually to help out Chris Wellamo has gone down to talk sport tonight Looms. and he's messaged me, messaged me earlier talking about game of the season mm. and the Man City game from just after Christmas this season I don't know if it's possible to have more in a game Yeah. goalkeeper gets sent off early Penalty not awarded, then awarded by VAR. Missed, ordered a retake, missed again. They scored the rebound. <laughs> yeah. They go 2 0 up. They're the champions. <laughs> and then Wolves come back to score it, scoring the last minute to win yeah. the game. Never heard a noise like it. Ridiculous football match. Mental. Uh, that and Leicester that, last year. Oh, yeah, last, yeah, that was a good game. That was, yeah, under the lights, super. And the Leeds one in the championship. The year that we just missed out on the playoffs under Kenny Jacket, Dave Edwards scores a header in the last minute. You really can't. I don't think I can't Wednesday. remember now. I can't it was remember. Easter now. Monday, so Good Friday or the Saturday of Easter, we went to Forest and Benikafobi scores a worldie running from the halfway line. I do remember it. Yeah, of then course, of course, of course. I think we went two 0 up or one 0 up. They came back to lead. We then went three to three two up. They came back to three three, and then Dave Edwards. Dangerous Dave. Dangerous Dave, yeah. Comes on and scores a header. And Aaron McCary was doing the commentary with me at the time. Right. And the Leeds commentary team, who was sat down in front of us, they got quite boisterous when they'd equalised. And I turned around during the celebration of that moment and Aaron McCary has thrown the headphones down and he's on his feet. Giving it. arms out like a fan. <laughs> giving it massive. Oh, I love it, love it. it. Uh, I think mine would be probably um, when I was working for Middlesbrough back in the day uh, was the well, it was the UEFA Cup now now Europa League semi-final second leg back at the Riverside uh, we were 1-0 down to Stour Bucharest after the first leg go down 2-0 at the Riverside on the night so 3-0 down on aggregate and then he takes McLaren takes South, uh, Southgate off brings on Massimo Macaroni yes. 3-0 down as you do classic England manager uh, move um, Macaroni scores, makes it 3-1. Chris Riggett scores, 3-2. Mark Viduca makes it 3-3. And then Macaroni scores his second of the game in injury time to win it 4-3 and aggregate and go to what would be a Europa League final. I lost in the Europa League final, but still, can you imagine going from 3-0 down at home on, on, on aggregate at, at Molyneux, which could still happen and coming back to win 4-3, that could still happen this season. But uh, hopefully... Hopefully, uh, not too many heart and mouth air moments as that. I got a lot of love amazing. for that Middlesbrough team. You know. Oh, it's unbelievable, mate. Viduka, Yakubu, Hasselbank. Um, I mean, we're Bolo Zenden, Mendieta. Mendieta. 
I mean, there were, there were some absolute players there. Um, Ugo Ehiog, oh my goodness. Mark Schwarzer, decent team, decent team. Um, right, coming to the end, um, so future, Mikey, future. Let's hope we get some football. Um, let's say we do get some football for, for you as well. Um, if people want to contact you um, with, with, um, with, with well wishes or just to talk about, about Will Ferrell movies or, you know, if they want to offer you a multi-million dollar contract, um, how do they find you? What do they do? Well, I am on Twitter at Mikey Burrows. Um, I'm trying to think what, what my Instagram is. Because um, I, I get... To, Basically, like, I get, I've got two Instagrams now. Oh, I know you have, yeah. Slightly, you, yeah. You've not even got one, have no, you? No, I haven't, no, no. Basically, my one Instagram is like friends and family because I post pictures of my niece and nephew yeah. and stuff like that. So, And um, once you slide into my DMs kind of Instagram, let's see what happens, let's, you yeah, know, let's, let's see how things Mike, work out. The other one is Mikey Burrows Media. Okay. That I set up for Wolves fans to follow and it's literally... Mostly pictures of Tomo. Perfect. Um, in different scenarios. That's why I'm getting many dates, mate. Do you know what I mean? The thing you're taking. I, honestly, I love that guy to bits. He's, he's annoying in large respects at times, but I've worked with him for so, so long and he genuinely allows me to take the mickey out of him in lots of different scenarios. The only time he's ever stopped me from doing anything. We, we were at Liverpool on the last day last year. Yeah. And... It was at that time where, you know, you had the um, Snapchat filter that makes you... Of course. ...makes boys look like women. Yes, like yeah, yeah. Um, I had loads of those filters and I was taking pictures of him and he didn't know because he, he thought yeah, he was just posting yeah. for normal photos. Yeah. And, um, and he found out what I did and I was about to post one on Twitter. Yeah. And he told me no. Really? Yeah. And so I've still got these photos. <laughs> just in case, Tomo. Yeah. Beware, be a good boy. But he's like, he's, it's the only time he's ever actually said, like, you're not allowed to post that. <laughs> it's the series of photos that I've got of him dressed as a woman. Oh, superb. Uh, predictions then, Mikey. Let's say we finish off the season. Give me your prediction. Where do Wolves finish in the Europa League? Where do they finish in the Premier League? What would you say now? Um, I think it's... I think they can achieve whatever they want to achieve. And I know that sounds like a cop-out. I think they are... Like we said before, I think they're a stunning team. I think they have such ability. The fixtures look decent for what they've got left to play. What we none of us know how anybody's going to react coming back off a six-week, two-month mm -hmm. break. Mm -hmm. They say you got to start pre-season all over again. It's like a summer holiday. Well, that's. I mean, that is an interesting thing. I thought. Do you have a pre-season? Yeah. Yeah. Do, yeah. Do teams need to have friendlies? Yeah. Or does everybody just start sure. and go again? Yeah. Like, uh, that, that's probably a genuine question. Absolutely. People will ask and stuff. Because there's ways you could do it. Probably one to explore next week if, uh, if Edwards is still, uh, still in Mexico and you're still, you're still, um, still self-quarantined. Well, we'll see if we can get him on, on Skype. Yeah, absolutely. Probably. FaceTime him from the beach. No, mate, this has been too, too, too good a quality. We don't want to lower it, to be fair. I think they're, I think they're in a good position in the Europa. Yeah. I genuinely do. Yeah. I think, like we talked about earlier, I know people were disappointed, but I think that was a good result. Mm-hmm. And I think they showed enough, actually, in that game that they could score against Olympiacos. Sure. It's not easy. No. Clearly not. But they're in a good position there. They're in a good position in the league. They're, they're a good, tight-knit group. And I think, like I said to you before, just enjoy it. Whether it's one leg in the semi or one-off game in the semi-final and quarter-final, if they do get through, or... or, or... 
That's brilliant. <laughs> Tom, she said that Tom will picture her as a lady. I think he looks fantastic. I mean, the first one looked quite cute, to be fair. It was a bit like Elsa from... Um, from oh, goodness, no. Oh, that's a fantastic picture. So I'd love to use that, but I won't. I mean, I did a lot of other ones. <laughs> the one, first one, the first one. One of them looking like George Michael. Oh, one of them with a big moustache and hair. And it looks was, like someone from Guess Who. I was just doing it for ages, taking these photos. And he's, 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 he's just vetoed it, basically. Yeah. I would say, I mean, whether it's one leg or two, quarterfinals or semi-final, I hope it's two legs. I hope that we see, we see the full, um, you know, the full shebang. But if we don't, then if anyone can cope with it, Wolves can. Uh, Mr. Mikey Burrows, thank you so much um, for coming on for our 150th episode. Um, it's been memorable. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Hope, hope you guys listening at home have enjoyed it. Hope it's given you one hour, 75 minutes of a, of a little bit of a, a little bit of joy, a little bit of a break in your schedule. And um, yeah, we're going to have, we're going to have, you want to say one more thing? Yeah, can I just say, just before we go, of course you can. we're talking about coronavirus. Yes. Um, I think it's really worth pointing out that the club are still paying casual and part-time staff as normal mm. through this period. Um, they have been absolutely superb from my point of view in how they've dealt with me and how they've kind of, they gave uh, initially food and then there was even a thing the other day where there was other food at the club that would normally be used in Sir Jack's restaurant and all sure. that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's corporate. a big operation. Yeah. yeah, And the staff get fed day to day as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but they have it's part of their thing so that some of that food was given to I think it's the Good Shepherd amazing as well and stuff so absolute credit to them for the work that they're doing and I know Fosin are trying to support the community as much as they possibly can as well so um, well done to everybody for the efforts that they're doing there. It, it is a it is a quite amazing club and like you say it's an honour and privilege to, to be a very very small part uh, of that um Thanks, mate. Really appreciate it. Hope you guys have enjoyed it. Uh, hope everybody... Uh, we're going to try and get a Wolves potty every week, um, even though we're off for a seven or eight or nine weeks. We're going to try and get one every week. I haven't got a clue what we're going to talk about. Um, however, Will Ferrell movies could be could be the uh, the subject of the future. Wolves-related uh, Will Ferrell movies. There you go. There you go. Which Wolves players could fit into them. Oh, God. <laughs> There's one. I'm um, saying so notes for next week. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much, everyone. Make sure you stay safe. Make sure you stay safe. Um, hope everybody's okay. And we will be there. We'll be back with you same time, same place next week. Uh, we're going list, to just listen out for us. And we'll be there. I don't know who it's going to be. But I'll be here. And look, Mikey, you're always welcome back. You're always welcome. Why are you trying to force me out already? Because I've got a gym session in 15 minutes. Oh. <laughs> Take care, everyone. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.